Tabletop Tim here, thanking our patrons, especially Scribbles and Carlo. Now let's listen to our hosts drink deep from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. No wait, talk about the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. That's much less fun. Anyway, enjoy! Hello and welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. And I'm Paper. And today we watch the third episode of the D&D cartoon, The Hall of Bones, where they spend about four minutes out of 20 in The Hall of Bones. Disappointingly, it was quite good. So if, you want, if you want to support us on Patreon, then... So the plot of this one... The Dungeon Master shows up after they have failed to fight some basically flying monkeys and is like, oh, your weapons need charging, better go to the Hall of Bones. It's full of hero ghosts. So they they do that. And Benger is there. And then he nukes the Hall of Bones. Given there's not a huge amount to critique of this episode, allow me to give the things which I think we should have kept in D&D. One, every single friend, friendly NPC turns out to be the big bad in disguise. Like, <laughs> literally every person who's tried to help the party has been Venjar in disguise. Apart from the one that was Lolth in disguise. Working for Venger? Because I guess she's not a god in this one, she's just the spider queen, whatever oh, yeah. that means in this world. Also, have random deities show up just with no fanfare and fall down holes. Yeah, she she was sent into a bottomless pit by the fucking baby unicorn, who was honestly kind of the MVP of this episode. This was a very horrible little unicorn-themed episode. But yeah, I think yeah, every friendly NPC is is Count Strahd wearing like Groucho Marx glasses, and every so often Tiamat shows up and you just batter with a newspaper until she leaves. Oh yeah, Tiamat did show up, didn't she? She did. There were two deities fighting our heroes this time, and both of them combined took like less than a minute to defeat. So yeah, Avengers. So Avengers Shadow, maybe was spying on the adventurers and was like, ah, they're weak now, you can take their weapons. So he did with the whole lol thing and then tried to enslave Tiamat with them, apparently not thinking, hey, maybe I should charge the weapons before doing this. So yeah, it didn't it was, go well. It was the very clever plan of, I know the hero's magic weapons aren't working, so I'm going to steal them and use them. Um, and he did... I love Venjar, he just... He has no brain cells, he just has evil. It very much, I think, fits the whole like Saturday morning cartoon rule of the villain cannot actively try to kill the heroes, so they just do all sorts of convoluted nonsense instead. Like, if you look in Venjar's brain, there's just a recording of maniacal laughter on the loop. And I love him. It's I, your Robo. Yeah, he is, but he's Blobbo from my show. He has done nothing wrong in his life. These guy, these teens are very annoying. I mean, the teens are annoying. I fully support supervillains' plans to 
I don't know what his plan is, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm unclear on that, beyond generic sort of world domination. He's certainly evil, because he has a cape and a spooky horse. And one big red horn. Well, hey. <laughs> I, also, I also think we should have kept the tradition of the DM being a horrible little man who follows the players around IRL. Look, I told you, it's not my fault I'm too hot to be a horrible little man. Any horrible little men listening, feel free to show up in our, show up in our RPGs. Like, I like how it's canon. So, for those who don't remember, they're stuck in the D and D world. Yes, they went on as as you are reminded in the opening of each episode. They went on a D and D themed roller coaster and got isekai'd, and immediately had to fight Tiamat and somehow survived. Yeah, I like that it's canon that the GM, who again is a character in this game in this show could send them back any time he damn well likes and just does not want to. Yeah, he makes cryptic statements about how it's it's not time yet and they will eventually discover the way. And it's like, but you brought them here. Like, ultimately, this is a show about a horrible little man exploiting free teen labour and also one child labour. That's the hot take segment of the, of the podcast done. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, he's just he's just clearly the villain. And I realize as I do this, I'm just going more and more into I support Venjani evil warlock. But like, has Venjar really done anything wrong? Like, he's not even really tried to kill the kids very much. He's just stole their stuff. I mean, he did trap them in a spider web where they would either be stuck forever or escape and fall into a bottomless pit. That is very much a thing he did. I mean, yeah, but then, like, Lilith... But they got out. That That is true. They they escaped the spiderweb surprisingly easily once they cut the thread with Lolta on it, which apparently wasn't, you know, integral to the structure. Yeah. The bottomless pit. The way to get out the spider's web is to leave the spider's web, and I don't think I can count that as a death trap. He's like, doing his best. The way to the way the only way you can escape my trap is if you stand up and leave. <laughs> That's that was the first draft for Saw, but you know, they, they took another crack at it. Can we talk about how Uni seems to be actively trying to kill Eric? <laughs> I also support Uni. Like Uni runs out of everywhere first with the little kid and leaves Eric behind. Uni dropped, quote-unquote, accidentally dropped rocks on Eric when they were climbing up to the Hall of Bones. Like, Uni seems to care about every character except for Eric, who, if, if you remember, is the... I can't remember what the class is called, but it's the one that is basically a paladin. I think it's just Knight... But he has like mad. He's a knight with magic powers. This is not based in an edition I know particularly well. Although. His paladin code of conduct is to be as obnoxious as possible in all situations. Hansel, didn't you say that 
this isn't an addition that has Dragonborn, even though there were very clearly a lot of like lizard people in the yeah. town. So this was this was set before Dragonborn a thing. And there were definitely Dragonborn wandering around, so this might be canonically the first Dragonborn. The question is, are they Dragonborn or are they lizard folk? Because we don't see them using breath weapons. I assume it was done off screen. But yeah, if you know more about the details of the D&D card, like, it all seems weirdly... Like, I, it all seems like they'd be writing around trademarks if I didn't know this was, like, had the D&D license. Yeah. Although they, they do have a halfling, but I guess that's not actually, a, like, a a D&D word. The weird little halfling who, surprise, turns out to be Venger. And wears no trousers. I, I do. His legs are so hairy that you don't see anything. Like, I like that Venjar's like, yeah, I need to disguise myself as someone they will trust. A halfling with no trousers. That's what the teens are into these days. I love Venjar so much. I mean, it's what some of the teens are into. Have you seen AO3? <laughs> this is the first porn, uh, porn bot following. Um, I just... <laughs> I just think Venjar should be like a guest in one episode. The like other... an episode of this? No, an episode. Yeah, an episode of this podcast. Venjar shows up. Um, if if you happen to have contact information for Venjar, the evil sorcerer, let us know. Or the voice actor. I guess the voice actor may be more realistic. <laughs> the other thing I did like. The one joke which was good, because most of the jokes in this show are bad. Yeah, like, they they literally had, don't tell me, he's gone, I said don't tell me. The one joke I did like was the guy, was the Eric, who, as mentioned, is probably known for as obnoxious as possible, standing up and go, giving his, doing, like, stand-up comedy for, I actually can't remember why he was doing a stand-up comedy routine. To, to try and make some money so they that could was it, yeah. get a guide to... <laughs> And his joke was, did you hear about the the barbarian who's so stupid and then panned to reveal his audience in its entirety a barbarian twice his size? Which I quite like. a tree stump in half with an axe. (laughs) Which I just... I I, I don't know if this is a power move on the player's part or power move on the GM's part of just, like, mentioning as you say that. Yeah, so, you know, the um, audience is just angry, angry barbarians. Yeah, and then they go they go into the evil pub, and Eric is like, "Hey, I have this bag of money. Will you help us?" And it's yeah, it doesn't go well. They then end up with no money and no help because more dragonborn or lizard folk or something, and also one random human. Like this, this pub seems to be mostly like lizard folk and goblins and possibly orcs. And then there's this one human guy who runs the place and is just like, get out of the pub. And I support him. I I like that it does seem to be like a self-consciously evil pub. Like it's a pub for evil people. Oh, yeah. I'm like... Because the fact that evil is like a demonstrable faction in D&D... And it does make kind of more sense. It's just like, yeah, this is like the evil society for people who are evil aligned. Don't walk into evil club with a bag of money and expect help. 
is what we learned this episode. Honestly, I just recommend not walking into evil pub at all. But what if you want to have an evil drink? I would like my evil martini. I don't know why martini was the first drink that sprang to mind. I think Ox Venture has an evil martini. Ox Venture, if you're listening to this, we have evil martinis in common. Be on our podcast. <laughs> Show up with Vengar the Sorcerer. But yeah, so they get they get chased out of Evil Town and immediately encounter this halfling who's like, I can show you the way to the Hall of Bones. And because they are the most gullible people, they just go with it, I guess. I think at this point, they should probably just assume everyone they talk to is Vengar. Including the DM. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if Dungeon Master turns out to be Vengar, like, I won't be that surprised. Also, I like how as the podcast goes on, you start calling him Vengar rather than Venger. Names are an illusion. Names are a social construct. Yeah. <laughs> like my sexy, sexy Warforged. But yeah, like these are these are twenty minute episodes. This is Saturday morning cartoon. I checked the timestamp when they reached the castle of the Hall of Bones. Castle of Bone is different. That's the Hogfather. Um, when they reached the Hall of Bones, there's like four minutes of the episode left. Two of which are spent escaping the Hall of Bones. They like they go in. There's a giant skull. For some reason, Venger doesn't transform back into Venger until they've recharged their weapons. Uh, and then a bunch of ghosts show up and lock the kids in the skull and fight Venger. I like the ghosts because they are the most powerful. Like we've seen two deities, and ghosts are the most powerful thing we've seen in the setting so far. Like the ghosts just one shot Vengar and leave. Yeah, and Venger's attacks don't seem to hurt them at all. It's like, this is not how DD ghosts work, but I'm we into have- it. We have Tiamat and we have Lolith, and both of them are, like, taken out like scrubs. And then we have one ghost who is the most powerful thing in the universe. So Venger decides to nuke the Hall of Bones, which, not an exaggeration, honestly, there's a literal mushroom cloud. But luckily the giant skull teleports the kids, not to actual safety across the rickety stone bridge, but, you know, out of the hall... Yeah, I like it teleports them to like a hundred feet away, problem solved. I mean I guess when the when they built the the stone bridge, they probably weren't expecting someone to self nuke. That that's where they were going wrong. It really is. This is this is the D D world. Assume everything would explode at least once. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure Venger will be back next time. I reckon he's probably, like, permanently dead. You, you reckon? Who's, yeah. who's the big bad? Dungeon Master. Oh, yeah, we did establish that. Next we? session, they track down the Dungeon Master and hit him with their club until he sends them back home. Oh, yes, oh, sorry, like, the club of plus club. 
Yeah, the club's magical ability was apparently it hits harder. This is like a plus two club. Like everyone guess- else has got like ah, this this bow has infinite arrows. I can pull things from my hat. I can cast s- some sort of shield spell with my shield, and it's like I can hit things real hard. It's a club with all the power of a club. It's got the power of at least two clubs. He he did knock down a tree with it, in fairness. I assume this is just a very hench five-year-old. But yeah, sorry, this was, like, surprisingly good. I would play this session. I will play this session. I'm doing a World of Darkness game tomorrow, and I'm going to make it this session. I would love an explanation of how. Vengar is showing up as a vampire, but, like, a really shit one. But do everyone's weapons not work? Yeah, your gun is out of gun. <laughs> you need to take it to... I guess the World of Darkness equivalent of the Hall of Bones would just be like a crypt? You need to take your gun and bury it in a grave and this is spooky enough that people hopefully won't think about how it doesn't make any sense. I guess you could do a catacomb. That's spooky. But yeah, anyway, I just just have your players run out of sword at the start of each session. Can't think of a conflict. Club <laughs> no work. If you can't think of a conflict, just start removing players' cat class abilities one by one until they do something. <laughs> That's basically what the dungeon master did, wasn't it? Yeah. You don't want to follow my plot hooks? Good luck not being able to cast Featherfall anymore. <laughs> Keep not following it, it'll be fireball. I just I just really like the GM being just a guy who shows up and causes problems that the players have to solve. Because that is the best way I think of doing a GM in uh D D media. <laughs> it's just having this random omnipotent jackass who shows up and causes problems. Yeah, like in general. For RPGs, I'm not into the whole antagonistic GM thing. But if the GM is going to be a character in the world, I feel like at best they have to be like a mischief god. I think I, I am in favor of literally antagonistic GMs. I'm not in favor of GMs who are working against the players. I am in favor of GMs who write themselves into the game as a bastard that the PCs have to punch. Note it. Like, I reckon all games would be improved if all GM character was in-universe as a booming voice from the heavens telling you about vampires. I will not take criticism at this time. Understandable. Have a nice day. (laughs) I do love that every time we watch one of these episodes, we we just come back to (laughs) AGM. Hey, what if you just give gave them stronger weapons in the first place so that it could actually defeat Venger? Yeah. It even works with all the NPCs turn out to be the villain in disguise, because obviously all the NPCs are the DM in disguise, by definition. Yeah. I support, yeah, let's just fight your DM. First fight your DM in the car park of your favourite takeaway chain. Yeah. Every time you level up, you bare-knuckle box your GM in the Applebee's car park. 
if you win, you get to keep the level up. And also the Applebee's. If you lose, you have to buy your GM Applebee's. I don't know what an Applebee's actually is. Yeah, I was hoping you would say, like, a thing we have in this country. There. Buy, buy your GM and Applebee's, whatever that is. One Applebee's. <laughs> One Applebee, please. It's just a, a little model bee carved out of uh, Granny Smith. That sounds wrong, but I don't know enough about Applebee's to refute it. Nor do I. Buy your GM in a KFC car park. Mm. If you're if you're if like you're losing, you can summon Colonel Sanders to help you fight, like like a JoJo stand. If you eat KFC, you get access to Colonel Sanders as a JoJo stand for half an hour. Little known fact. Um. Thank you for listening. <laughs> if you want. RPG where where Colonel Sanders gets involved. Why not subscribe to our Patreon? Because one of the bonus episodes is very much taking down Wendy in the Wendy's RPG at the behest of Colonel Sanders. Um, you can also do this IRL if you're not a coward. We also have homebrew short RPGs and a Discord server. And that is at patreon.com slash probably bad RPG ideas. And, and remember, remember to have, to have a, a probably, probably bad, bad day. day. Especially if you're Eric. Go fuck yourself, Eric. Bye.